the skincare world is like a minefield. There's always a new product, there's always a new gadget coming out. It's hard to know which products are actually non-toxic and are going to deliver powerful outcomes. Don't worry, I've got you covered. From a list of over 250 skincare, hair care, makeup, hair, skin, nail supplements, grooming supplies, dribble rollers, and dermal rolling serums, I've got you covered. All of these products are pre-vetted by me and are free of parabens, salate sulfates, artificial dyes, and fragrances. Head on over to the shop page at theschoolofradiance.com. If you'd like some customized guidance, which I highly recommend, be sure to book your one-on-one -on -one session. Use promo code PODCAST15, and I look forward to connecting with you over at theschoolofradiance.com. Enjoy today's episode on the School of Radiance podcast. Hello and welcome to today's episode right here on the School of Radiance podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Varga, a humble human on a mission here to help you achieve and receive the best hair, skin and nails of your life using my background since 2011 as a double board certified aesthetic nurse specialist and having performed over 20,000 rejuvenation procedures. I bring the best of many worlds, including the worlds of home care, in clinic, and also the research behind what truly can help slow aging. Looking at some of my research on oxidative stress status and its impacts on the skin. In the School of Radiance podcast, we explore many things beyond just the superficial to help you glow from the inside out and become your most radiant version. Enjoy today's episode right here on the School of Radiance podcast. Hello, 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 everyone, and welcome to today's episode. I'm your host here, Humble Human on a Mission, to help you learn how to become more beautiful and radiant in slow aging and all of that goodness. In today's episode, we're switching gears just a little bit. This episode is going to be slightly more geared towards practitioners out there who offer medical aesthetics in their practices or who are interested in adding aesthetics to their practices and you know what to know, what to look out for and how to find excellent team members. And those of you who are more on the client side of things, you'll love this insider information into how we, Jonathan Klein and I, are helping to raise the bar for more powerful rejuvenation transformations. That's the focus of today's episode. And I'm really excited to be speaking here with Jonathan McLean. He is the host of the Aesthetics mini series show. You can look him up on YouTube as well for some of those interviews. And yes, I have been interviewed on the show. So be sure to check out that interview when it's released. Jonathan McLean has worked in the staffing and recruiting industry for over seven years. Jonathan has extensive experience partnering with medical teams, developing organizations, and hiring the best talent. In 2019, Jonathan founded his niche aesthetic healthcare recruiting firm, especially dedicated to finding the best professionals in the aesthetics industry to place them in med spas, dermatology, and plastic surgery offices. Very excited to warmly welcome Jonathan McLean here onto the show. How are you today? I'm good. I'm good. How are you, Rachel? Thank you for that kind intro. Yes, I'm really excited to see you again. The last time Jonathan and I connected was for an interview. 
And one of the things I forgot to actually mention in that interview, why the consultation process for learning which skin and rejuvenation options are ideal in a certain situation was a number of years ago, I recognized that my conversion rates from consultation to rejuvenation was over 90%, which is why in 2017, I launched my online consultations because clearly people resonate with my approach and I'm really excited to share our approaches with you all here on the show. So I love to kick things off, especially learning from the male perspective. What is radiance to you? And is it just all about receiving aesthetic procedures or is it more to that? Yeah, yeah, thank you. That's a great question. So I think radiance is really just going above and beyond and really putting out the best effort that you have thus forth. And what I mean by that, especially when I'm relating it back to like what I do best is find the best talent in the industry. And when I find the best talent, I'm looking for somebody that's radiant and exuberates excellence, exuberates more than just walking in and being an aesthetic injector, but wanting to learn more about the craft, wanting to invest their time, knowledge, energy into making the craft better. Excellent. And one of the reasons why I decided to bring Jonathan McLean here onto the show is a number of you listening have sent me emails and messages. Rachel, how do I get into the industry? And there's so much you need to know and learn to become an excellent aesthetics provider. And I got to say, I'm sure that you see this as well. It's like everyone that's been in the anyone that's been in the medical aesthetic space for like two years becomes a trainer and then starts offering these you know, for the most part, pretty subpar trainings when they're pretty new. And we see this so much. What are your thoughts on that with some of the training programs that are available? Yeah. So aesthetic medicine, I feel like is like no other field. It's not like ER. It's not like any other field in the hospital. You can just go in, they'll train you quickly or briefly, and then you pick it up along the way. I feel like you really have to be invested in aesthetic medicine, especially because it's so new. You have to know exactly what you're doing. And the risks that come with it. I see so many people jumping in and on the bandwagon, taking these courses. And like you said, trying to build their own training course, or open their own business. And it's honestly not safe. Like, I think some people forget that this is a medical procedure that can really hurt somebody and disfigure their image very quickly if you're doing if it's done wrong. So I think it's very important to really have the knowledge, take your time and put the study, the work in. One thing I like about you, I told you this before, I think prior to this episode, is that you're not just an aesthetic injector. You're putting the research in, you're putting the work in to really study the craft and really build the craft. And that's what it takes, I think, to be a good injector and to offer these type of courses to anybody. Thank you. And of course, have this understanding of the ideal facial ratios, which go by the golden rule and the phi ratio perspectives. And I feel like a lot of people in the industry, when they're in it for so long, or especially if they live in big metropolitan cities, that ideal facial ratio gets distorted. And then we see more people looking overdone and, you know, they're not... They're not tackling the topic of something like body dysmorphia, which is a psychological condition where individuals actually lose sight of how they really look. So a good practitioner is always going to be delivering the most natural results. And thank you so much for the compliment. I would love to ask you, Jonathan, about your personal journey into the industry 
and why it's so important to recruit more high-level providers in the medical aesthetic space. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, great question. So I started off in the, uh, recruiting in the hospital. So I was recruiting RNs and um, nurse practitioners, even doctors in the hospital. And a lot of them honestly hated their job. They were burnt out. It was a lot of stress and a lot of just things they didn't want to do. And that reflected back on me. I felt like I started to experience that. It's like, oh, wow, like, why am I here? So I came across cosmetic dermatology. And at first I was like, what is this? It was very still new. And I started learning and diving deeper into the industry. And I found out, wow, this industry is super cool. Not only do you have to be a provider, especially in um, the United States, you have to be a nurse practitioner or physician assistant in Florida, but some states you can be an RN still inject. But not only do you have to be a provider, you have to be artistic to be an injector. Not everyone can be an injector that is a RN or nurse practitioner or physician assistant. You really have to be uh, like artistic and have a different type of brain. So once I realized that it was something special to this industry, I was all in because I, I, I love beauty. I love really helping people to make their confidence better. That's what I love. And if I can join in on someone that's doing that, I feel like I'm a part of the cause. I didn't see anybody in my industry starting off really helping providers to get them from, hey, graduating, learning this field to, hey, I want to turn into a brand. I want to be bigger. I want to join this big practice. How do I do that? How do I get there? There's only a couple couple people in the industry that even got to that point at that time. So I wanted, I started off leading people and giving out information on how can you get there? What were the steps to get there? How can you get an interview? But not just an interview at a, a regular place, but how do you get an interview at a top firm where you're going to expand your career? Or how do you start your own business? What were the tools to do that? So I started to really grow deeper in that field, understand the field, and then supply that knowledge to the industry. Uh, to answer your second question, I think it's, it's very important to have a high-level provider in your um, spot, only because, again, back to the first question, or the second question, I can't remember, but back to the first question, I think. If the provider doesn't provide a great job, they can disfigure patients. And some things are reversible, but some things are really not reversible, I feel like. So it is very important that you have somebody that understands the craft and can provide a high level of service for new people or returning clients. Absolutely. And one other layer to add here is I love it when aesthetic providers also perform laser rejuvenation yeah. because you can't address everything in a non-surgical injectable approach with neuromodulators, dermal fillers, or biostimulators. There's many different types of injectables on the market. There's a new one every single year, and I always like to take the seven to eight year rule. Just wait for things to be on the market for long enough so we have more long-term data and supporting skin health is really important. And I feel like this is actually lacking in the medical aesthetic space right now because energy-based medicine and technologies can truly enhance the skin. People can have their face full of neuromodulators, but if they don't have enough collagen, even if they still have the slightest amount of movement, they're still going to be crinkling. So I personally find that the best practitioners are also doing uh, lasers as well. And not all lasers are created equally and all of that. So this is a perfect segue into my next question. I checked out your LinkedIn and saw one of your recent posts on bringing awareness to the fact that so many medical aesthetics procedures or skincare products that are advertised to do this, that, and the other thing, you know, they're really actually not doing that. 
and it's important for you listening to know this and as practitioners to really assess before and after photos to make sure that what you're offering is delivering those outcomes. I love the photography aspect of what I do and seeing those transformations. So in your assessment of the industry, how often do you find that skincare products and rejuvenation products are marketed in a misleading way? I think a lot of the times, Rachel, honestly, um, you see a lot of celebrities that endorse a lot of products that they just want to put their name on and just sell, right? People have to make money and they make money off their brand. So a lot of those products, they, they claim to do a lot of different things. But when you really look into like aesthetic medicine, it's a combination package, as you said before, and a lot of different providers I spoke with said, if you're not using medical grade skincare and you're getting both like hundreds of dollars of Botox and fillers placed into your face, it's a waste of money and time. So if you want to go and buy these other products that are kind of misleading, haven't been really tested by a doctor, then you're not really getting the full effect. So I think you really got to be careful, especially you see your favorite celebrity advertising this, you want to buy it. I get it. I've been there, but you really being in the industry has taught me that you want to go buy medicine, buy science. You want to really go buy what's proven and use those products. Absolutely. I really feel for the consumer these days when they're scrolling social media and there's one brand in particular, I keep seeing their ads. They have a before photo and then their after photo, like 70 to 80 days later, I can tell that that after photo, they've actually, the person's had eyelid surgery or facelift and uh, you know, my aim is to teach all of you tuning in here to not promote things in a misleading way and to be a more conscious consumer because this is rampant. I literally see before and afters for, you know, one skincare cream when it's clearly been a combination approach and combination approach always wins. What would you say is the number one problem that breaks trust in the medical aesthetics experience. Mm -hmm. So working definitely with business owners, and I'm sure there's a lot of business owners listening right now. I know the number one thing that you guys look for when hiring a candidate is upselling, upselling to clients to take a simple one unit. I mean, one area of Botox patient to maybe two areas of Botox and lip filler and something else. But here's the thing, when, when you, a client comes in and a provider goes into a room and just starts selling things, they're going to feel as though you're a used car salesman. They're going to feel as though, why am I here? Why is this person selling me things? I feel like I don't want to be in here. Like, I just, I, all I came in in first, this, this Groupon and that's it. So it's really important that we don't lead with upselling, but lead with more with education. And the reason I say education, this is very important. The reason I say education is when a provider feels very educated on what they're doing and the services that they provide, they can make another educated decision on what will really help the patient to get to their ideal image or get to the ideal whatever they're looking for. It's not selling. It's just informing the patient that, hey, this is what I truly recommend. This is what really can happen. And they're going to feel so much more safe and want to easily spend more money because they know you're telling the truth. You're not just there to upsell them. Yes. Excellent. And I would say this number one problem 
that can break trust is a lot of clinics will offer a free consultation, which is usually with a practice consultant. It's more often than not, not actually with the practitioner. It's usually, yeah, free 15, 30 minute session. And then when clients meet with me and they tell me, you know, I went to this place, I just felt like I was being sold the whole time. And you took the time to really explain what was happening with my facial aging process. And that really promotes trust when you can actually answer the questions. And if you're primarily, you know, a sales consultant or, you know, a consultant in the practice, you're not going to be able to answer those more practitioner level questions. And I really saw this issue with the industry a long time ago, which is basically why I made it my prerogative to provide more education and more breadth of detail on the aging process. The other one that I can think about is one of my dear clients, Kathy. She's in her 60. She's worked with, she's in her 60s. She's worked with me for a number of years now. And she, I had, you know, suggested a certain type of facial procedure. And I always say, you know, start with this one when you are building trust with a new clinic, as opposed to, you know, something else that's really expensive, just so you can get a feel on how well they're caring for you with, say, something that's $175 versus $2,000 or signing up for a laser package. And so I'm very specific with my recommendations because there's a lot of garbage tech out there these days that claim to do this, but they don't really. Or they destroy the skin. Just like you said, we've seen this with previous lasers that the end result of the co collagen remodeling process can either be really great or actually destroy the skin and make it look paper thin. We've seen this in particular with one huge laser that was probably the most heavily marketed resurfacing laser uh, with celebrities and online. And so she wanted to come for this facial session. And then the practitioner said, uh, no, that's not available. Let's do this, that, and the other thing. And so she ended up spending $600 and then, you know, connected with me and said, oh my gosh, I had the worst experience. I mean, number one, that wasn't a clinic that I recommended that she go to in the first place. And, you know, this is unfortunately what can happen. So having good boundaries to not get, you know, pulled into that, but really sitting with what's important to you and your values. Uh, the other thing that I can see that breaks trust in the medical aesthetics experience is inconsistencies or you're always seeing one practitioner for this or that, and it's kind of disjointed, I would say in the ideal model to not only be uh, a doctor who injects or a nurse who injects, but to also be able to really master and make lasers sing too as a great compliment and then keep all that consistent. And there's so many laser training courses out there, uh, medical aesthetics training courses out there that I think are just too broad and they're not specific enough for the technologies that might be in the clinic. So that's where John and I come in to help guide you on the straight and narrow as well. Are there any other topics that you think would be really cool to touch on in this episode? Yeah, yeah. So I wanted to, I would love to talk a little bit about the hiring process and when you're bringing on a new provider. Um, so when new providers come in, they're all looking for so many different things and a lot of clinics i think they tend to just throw money and everything like hey i'll pay you this amount I'll pay you this money and just come on board but you really want to when you're hiring people you really want to figure out what they want and provide that for them a lot of if you're getting a new provider 
they tend to run a lot of training and they want that continuous support that they're made the right opinion, they made the right option and that they feel confident. So you want to continue to give them that and really intensify, incentivize them with that to really stay in your team. When we're talking about somebody maybe mid-level, that's where they're going to want probably more money, probably more opportunity to really be a part of the business um, and really understand the business because they're, you know, they pretty much have the injectables down, but they want to learn other things, more advanced procedures, maybe, um, you know, more about the business as a whole. And then we have our seasoned injectors at the top. The number one thing that they're looking for is flexibility. Nobody wants to be stuck to a practice after they put in so many years into the industry. They want to have the flexibility to be with their family or to have outside stuff. They want to have flexibility to just to see those high clients that they see each week. And that's pretty much it. They don't want to have to have see like some clinics I know put 20 people on a schedule a day. You know, that's a lot. Some people only want to see five people a day. It just depends on what type of clinic you have. So I really want everybody that's a practice owner, everybody that's in a position of hiring to really sit down and understand what each person, each provider that you want to come in your practice is looking for. And I think it would help a lot. Absolutely. And one of the other key elements to creating and cultivating an excellent medical aesthetics provider is the ability to listen. This is a very vulnerable time for people in their lives. There's something that they've been self-conscious about, sunspots, fine lines, wrinkles, loss of collagen, elastin, and sagging. So I, I think that one of the key personality traits to an excellent medical aesthetics provider is to be able to listen and be present. So with some of the clinics out there that are you know, one person seeing 20 people a day, uh, clients can feel quite rushed in that. So I do like the approach of taking a little bit more time with people. And then you can also stack things, right? If it was outlined in your program to have, you know, this procedure and that procedure over time, there are some times that we can stack things. And I just did a follow-up rejuvenation training session with one of my clients in Vancouver. And oh my goodness, Jonathan, if you saw her space, it's the premier private experience you have your clinic room right next to a private restroom with a closed door and you know the celebrity clients that i treat that's what they want they want ultimate privacy but so does everyone else yeah and so there it's it's having this also awareness um of being sensitive to different things so myself as a peds icu nurse before worked with uh, traked invented little ones do you often find that peds nurses also make some of the best medical aesthetics practitioners or pediatric doctors? Yeah, yeah. You know, I get a lot of people that's from the ER. That's what transition into aesthetics mostly. But yeah, yeah, yeah. If you worked in the hospital, usually, yeah. Yeah. And one of the cool things about the industry is I learned from my mother a long time ago as a geriatric nurse night shifts. It's so hard on the body. And so I learned from her and that's what really appeals to me about this type of practice as well is it's a little bit more of a schedule with shifts. There's no night shifts with this too. So there are a lot of benefits to being in the industry. And what I actually found when I was previously in, you know, Pete's ICU care and um, oncology med surge was that there's actually a lot more training and ongoing learning 
in the medical aesthetic space because it is such a rapidly advancing space with all these new tech technologies and products that come out. So the other thing is to be a perpetual learner and to be able to have evenings and weekends available to learn too. Do you find this as well that the most successful people that you recruit are perpetual learners? Yeah, I think it's, it's essential because there's so many new technologies, like you said, and so many new products coming out and you really want to wait seven, 10 years or really the second generation, like you said, or until things are worked out. So in order for you to understand kind of what new products, what, you know, your clients are coming in asking for, you got to keep learning continuously. Techniques are always changing, making them better. I mean, if you look back years and years ago, people were putting silicone in their lips. Look at now. Now it's injectables now. And then I've seen people do PRF now. Like there's so many different things happening that um, you really got to stay up to date on the latest procedures. Yeah. And the biggest trends that are happening right now in the medical aesthetics worlds are peptides, stem cells, and exosomes. And actually in my recent paper, I touch on this, that a lot of practitioners are mixing different products together. They're cocktailing. I, in my paper, I definitely put a little bit of a warning with that because some medical aesthetics practitioners can be a little bit too much of a cowboy and then you have these unforeseen issues. So having a little bit more conservative um, attributes is I think really wise so that you're using uh, the options as intended. And of course, this isn't medical advice. This is educational information only. If you think you have a medical condition, you must seek the guidance of a licensed physician. And do you have any closing words for us today, Jonathan? Yeah, I do. I do. So I know a lot of times, especially as a provider, you're your own business. And I like to tell all providers that whether you're working with somebody or you have your own business, you're, you're still your own business because for a lot of reasons, but you're on your own business. And the one thing is, I know you're always looking at other people in the industry. You're always looking at other people on Instagram. And it could be hard to say, hey, I'm behind. I'm not where I want to be. I feel like they're doing better than me. But I promise you, and this I know this in this word of clickbait, I promise you, if you just keep putting in the work, keep striving to be the best you can be and just take it day by day, you will get to where you want to be. So keep putting in the work. Don't focus on what you see on Instagram and around you. Just really focus on what you can do and providing the best care that you can. Absolutely. And it builds a lot of confidence when you're going to events consistently and doing that ongoing learning. You you actually will look around the room and notice who's also at those events and who isn't at those events. And the, you know, the the patient and client also see this too, just how much ongoing learning someone is taking. So I think that those are also great attributes in creating an excellent medical aesthetics practitioner. So I love what you're doing in an effort to seek out these individuals that have these different attributes in an effort to raise the bar in the medical aesthetics industry to provide rejuvenation transformations to the end client. And I love what you're doing. And tell everyone how they can connect with you and some of your resources that you have. Yeah, yeah. Thank you so much, Rachel, for bringing me on the show also. Um, yeah, so my name is Jonathan McLean. I'm the founder and CEO of McLean Aesthetics. If you are interested in getting in contact with me, if either you're looking to hire a recruiter or you just need some more information on your business, please feel free to reach out to me at 
CEO at McLeanAesthetics.com. So CEO at M-C-L-E-A-N-A-E-S-T-H-E-T-I-C-S.com. And always, you can check out my podcast at McLean Aesthetics on YouTube. Excellent. And everybody, be sure to check out the episode that Jonathan and I just recorded. I love what you're doing. The industry needs more of this. And, you know, I've been headhunted a number of times over the years. And what I find are a lot of the more general headhunters work for these really big companies. And what you're doing is unique because this is a very niche market. I think that a recruiter like yourself is going to become a little bit more laser focused and understand the attributes of somebody who's going to really excel in the industry as opposed to someone who is a recruiter for you know, many different types of businesses as well. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to be here with us. And I'm sure that those of you tuning in found this insightful, both as the practitioner and also as the prospective patient on a few of the ins and outs with this industry, which is rapidly evolving. And yeah, it's I love being in the medical aesthetics industry. I've never looked back. I love the flexibility. I love being able to have that extra time with clients and, you know, develop and cultivate those relationships and seeing those transformations over the years. It's very different type of nursing than in med surge where it's, you know, you end your day, your shift, you, you have to disconnect. It's, it's really fun. Yes. Yes. Excellent. We'll have an incredible rest of the day, everyone, and learn more about ways to work with Jonathan and myself in the description of this episode. And as always, always be radiant and have a beautiful rest of your day, everyone. Thank you, Jonathan.